Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, I'm Freddie Sayers, and this is Unheard. Back in March, everyone's world suddenly changed. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. So on day one of lockdown, we launched Lockdown TV, a place where we could gather experts, scientists, writers, politicians, thinkers, to try to help us understand what was going on in this strange moment and what kind of world we were going to get at the end of it. And now, due to popular demand, here we are in podcast form. Welcome to Lockdown TV. So we have taken a special interest in Sweden over the past six to nine months. I am a half Swede. Uh, we had uh, Professor Johan Giesecke early on in the pandemic, uh, all the way back in April, um, saying that he thought lockdowns were a mistake. He promised to come back on the channel a year from then, and he will still be doing that. So we'll hear from him in April. 2021. We also spoke to Anders Tegnell, their uh, state epidemiologist. He also has promised to come back next summer and review how things have gone from his perspective. Right now, things are looking a little worrying. So we have joining us from Umeå, which is a town in the very north of Sweden, Professor Fredrik Elja. Just to, so our audience understands, you've been one of the leading critics. So you take a very different view to uh, Messrs Tegnell and Giesecke. Uh, and feel that more should have been done earlier. Um, and that's really what we want to discuss today and have a look at the evidence and work out what we should make of where Sweden is and, and, and what we should think about it. Perhaps just uh, start off by introducing yourself. Yes, uh, I'm, uh, thank you for having me. I'm a professor of virology at the uh, Umeå University and a senior consultant physician in uh, clinical virology at our university hospital. And my background is a PhD in hemorrhagic fevers. And after my PhD, I was working with the Swedish Defense Research Institute, establishing virology there. After that, I was heading a department at the Swedish Institute for Infectious Disease Control that dealt with knowledge around microbiological threats. And we built the BSL-4 laboratories in Stockholm at the Institute, which is now in integrated into the Folkhälsomyndigheten. Okay. And okay. I used my colleagues and were another department chief was just John Giesecke. And in my staff, I had Anders Tegnell at the time. So this, it's a small world, the uh, epidemiology yeah, world in, in Sweden. So let's begin by just, um, we've actually prepared some charts so we can put them in front of people so we get a sense of where Sweden is in the pandemic. So first of all, um, if we look at daily cases, um, these are um, positive PCR tests essentially, so they may not be symptomatic. Um, and they, that shows a serious surge in the spring, very low levels throughout the summer, and now a much bigger looking surge uh, since roughly October. 
um, that's still going up. Uh, we had a lot of cases in the spring too, but we didn't have testing in place in enough. Uh, we didn't have enough testing at the time. So now, but now we do have quite good. So now we we see a true rise in these cases, which is rather dramatic actually at the moment. Compared to um, other countries in Europe, if we look at the next slide, um, it's a different situation because some of those other countries have had a very steep rise earlier in the autumn, but have come down. Um, whilst Sweden, uh, you can see it right up there with the United States, seems still to be increasing. Um, Germany, it should be said, is also increasing. Austria is also increasing. And actually, the UK is now tilting back yes. up again. It's important to note here that many of the countries that you have uh, on the chart here, um, Austria, um, Belgium, France, etc., have had a dramatic increase in cases. But they have, uh, they have uh, taken rather different but harsh measures to bring this to change. And they have been very successful. You can see that uh, especially the Belgian curve there is, has uh, gone down dramatically and, and most other countries too. And of course, yes, some of them are going up again, but then they're starting at much lower levels than we are in Sweden right, right now. We are, we are uh, at the same level as United States. When it comes to cases, and it, when it looks, when you look at deaths, we are in in a much or a worse situation than the United States is at the moment. The next one is to look at the deaths, um, and there it's a, it looks slightly different, but we can see there was a big surge in the spring, and then it's been coming up again quite dramatically um, since around October. Um, it's worth pointing out that that final drop-off um, is not necessarily real. A lot of these deaths are. It is not real because if uh, if we show the reality here, it's going up dramatically. And people have now, since we are so delayed in our reporting in Sweden, people have shown that it's rather easy to predict where we are going and we are really going in the, in the wrong direction here. Um, the next slide shows a comparison of a number of countries uh, in terms of overall numbers of deaths. Um, and so there we see Norway, neighboring country to Sweden, right along the bottom. Um, Germany increasing, but also looking much better than other countries. Um, Sweden is there just beneath the cluster of um, Western, bigger Western countries such as Italy, Spain and France and the UK um, that have also had a bad time of it during this pandemic. So if we look at the overall uh, rankings, top worst affected countries in the world, this is the cumulative overall total. Um, Sweden is currently number 23, um, but that includes uh, some, a lot of South American, Central American countries. Um, but obviously it's dramatically ahead of the other Scandinavian countries, which will be much further down that list. And, and we are on the rise now when it comes to cases and most of the other countries that you that are ahead of us in this horrible chart is uh, going down when it comes to a spread of the contagion. So we have to do that too, so we don't reach these levels in deaths. So let me kind of give you the microphone as it were. Um, what, what is your case? Um, and what, what would you have liked to have seen happen earlier? And what would you like to see happen now? 
we ha we have to go back all the way to January actually because the the signaling from the Swedish authorities was extremely weak during January February and also in March and actually on and on for the whole period but in the early days it was uh, the the information was that this it was nothing to worry about uh, week after week after week and and in in March, I wrote an article just asking that we have to take measures uh, on, on a much uh, higher level. What date than was we that? That was, I, I think, that was March second. Right. right. And uh, I also gave an example there. If the the current knowledge of the death rate was around one percent, and I just said that if that holds true, and a pandemic like this sweeps through the country, that and we don't do anything, that would mean that we have to reach herd immunity before it stops. And that might then be that at least 50% of the people would have had the disease before it stops. And that would mean a number of tens of thousands of deaths. Yeah. And that probably holds true now for the pandemic that we see, because we have now in Sweden, we have, well, we have this delay in counting, but we're probably way above 8,000 deaths now. And, and if that continues and we don't stop it as it looks now, we will reach another 8,000 deaths in a couple of months. Mm. Uh, uh, so the, and we will still not be near herd immunity. Mm. Um, now the vaccine comes, but there is, there is a lot of time between the vaccines and the current situation. To answer your question, I would have liked to see much more and better preparedness for the, that's the first thing. But since we were so ill prepared, we should have been much quicker in getting uh, in place lots of things, testing, tracing, etc. And that has then followed us throughout. We had all these deaths in March, April and May. And then there was, which were horrible, and we did not get the testing in place. And then we had a long summer. But the long summer in 2020, where we had very little cases. And I had really hoped that we could have prepared our country for what could come. We, I mean, there was no real ways to make a correct prediction for nobody what would happen during the fall, apart from that. We know from other upper respiratory infections that when it gets colder, when we come together, things start to spread again. But I would have liked to see a lot more preparedness in testing, in contact tracing, in rules for quarantine and all these things. Now we're waiting for a pandemic law in Sweden that that m might be in place in March. That's very late. So we, my picture of this is we have been late in everything we have done here. So I guess the, the first question I would ask in response to that is the, the critique you've made actually sounds quite similar to what we hear in the UK in terms of the, the, the critics of the government. And actually, it sounds quite similar to what you hear in the US. Even in Germany, which is often held up as this ultra-efficient example to follow, there's a lot of critique that at the time they didn't have the right equipment and uh, old people's homes were poorly protected and everything. Isn't the reality that all countries were blindsided by this back in, in, in early times, February, March, April, um, and that actually, you know, the differences, the huge differences we see between outcomes in different countries are quite hard to pin down to how fast they reacted in March. No, I can tell you, I can tell you why. Um, 
There were, of, I mean, there, of course. I mean, there, there are so many difficulties in here that we there, there are lots of things that we have to forgive, but a few things we can't forgive, and that is the constant lack of of right predictions uh, on certain things. And one of these things was the introduction of the contagion in Sweden by other the the people that that flew in here in early March, and there was a lot of people that were out skiing in uh, in uh, in the Alps because we had uh, vacation weeks uh, when this in early March when this was spreading rapidly. So there was a lot of introduction of the contagion here. That con um, that introduction came from other places too because Swedes fly a lot and travel and so on. But there was no possibility really, or, th or there was no will to, to stop this, no will to put these people in quarantine that came from these places, no will even to put the people in quarantine that had been in contact with the people that came down with the disease. No will to stop pupils to go to school when they came from the from the infected areas. We did that in my hometown, I persuaded the local community to put uh, personnel and pupils in quarantine when they came from these places. And that showed to be very successful. We had very little rise in, in the disease here in Umeå and the surroundings during the first wave of the pandemic. So this is a big, that's a big difference between the countries surrounding us, Norway, Finland, Denmark, they put these things, I mean, it differs, but they, there, there were lots of activities going on. Here we were waiting. And then they said that it, it will soon be over and all these things that really weren't true. And we, people like me that have been working with these things for decades, were extremely worried and tried to argue that we have to put more measures in to be able to not stop this, but to, to, to uh, get it to lower levels. The politics, of course, were very different uh, in those early days. It now feels like a lifetime ago. But when President Trump in America brought in his, um, his travel bans um, for people around about the early time of the pandemic, a lot of people in the liberal media were very upset about that because it seemed like another kind of Trump overreaction. Uh, you know, Denmark, which has a much more um, strong immigration policy than Sweden does, um, was stronger on closing borders, which I think a lot of liberals in Sweden felt was, you know, right wing in some way. And now it's kind of, uh, by now it's flipped and everyone thinks that uh, Sweden is the kind of libertarian uh, paradise. Um, but I guess it was politically very difficult to, to know so quickly uh, and, and introduce those kind of measures all the way back at the beginning of March, wasn't it? Not to put people in quarantine if they're infected with a contagion that we don't know so much about. I think really that was that was really a bad thing, not doing what you actually should do when a dangerous virus is introduced into society. We have rules for that in Sweden. Disease officers in the 21 regions have long-going authority to shut down things, to put people in quarantine, both cases and contacts, Norris. But that was signaled from Folkhälsomyndigheten and that that should not be done. So I think that's, that's really... Uh, that that was a big difference in Sweden compared to other countries. Okay, so that's, that takes us to as it were, the point where the disease has been very properly introduced and you, you think it might have been protected earlier. So once that's already happened, once 
Ole. I think we should stay there. I think we should stay there a little bit too, because you have had both Johan Gisek and Anders Tegnell on this program, and they have. I, th I mean, it's no secret anymore that the, the Swedish strategy from the beginning was that we should let this culprit sweep through the population and protect the vulnerable. Uh, and that is because we, they, uh, probably, because they have not really, uh, they have not really uh, told us what the exact strategy was, but uh, it must have been that it should sweep through the community rapidly. I mean, Johan Gisek has said that on many shows by now, uh, and that was the mistake. I think what he, what he would say is, um, and certainly what Anders Tegnell says is that it was not the strategy to let it sweep through the whole community rapidly, but they felt that total containment was not going to be possible. And so they would, their strategy was to keep an eye on hospitals to make sure that the hospitals didn't become overwhelmed um, and put in measures to try and slow the spread, which is such as reduction in group sizes, closing junior, uh, senior schools yeah. and so on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know. yeah, but yes, it's very, a very dangerous uh, path when you don't know what, how the contagion really uh, acts. And that proved to be true also because this meant that the structures we had for our hospitals uh, with very little ICUs at the time and, and, um, and the problem with the care of the elderly when the contagion is sweeping through in the numbers it did, meant really that we got all these deaths. Plus that other thing that we uh, had and have that we don't talk so much about, uh, that we have learned now, that we didn't know in March and April, that people that get infected with SARS-CoV-2 in many instances get long COVID. A rehabilitation need that will be probably for months and years, and maybe many people will not ever rise from that thing again. So that is really, I, I really think that the, the, the view that we had that you have to, before you let anything sweep through the, in, in, in any pace through the population, you have to have knowledge what you actually is do or what you actually are doing, and that was not in place in March and April, definitely not. So it was the lax uh, strategy that uh, whatever it was, uh, whatever its uh, uh, background was, was was not good. I mean, I think that on the, the long COVID, the evidence is still not very great on on long COVID. We should say that that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually pretty good. I went to a conference here in Sweden just the other day, and we had lots of descriptions of what that means. It means that it, it affects many organs in your body and that it will, for some people, this will take a very long time to get back in shape again, if ever. I mean, young people get severe problems with their oxygen uptake at least for many many months and we don't know what the end result of that is so again we should have been much more cautious that is what i will say till the day that i die that that this was this was a huge mistake although it is fair to say we nobody knew about long covid in march therefore we should have and we should today be more cautious because now the thing is happening again uh, maybe we will come to the present situation because that's actually the most important to talk about now. Actually, we should not maybe talk about what happened in March, April, well, May, let's, etc. Let's, let's fast forward a little bit. I think we want to come to the present, but let's let's fast forward to the summer because that was 
a very different atmosphere, wasn't it? Uh, you know, that Anders Tegnell almost felt like he had been vindicated. Um, you know, the, the fact was that all of those strategies that you talk about looked like they had worked quite well because deaths had come right down, infection levels had come right down, they had, they had avoided lockdowns, schools largely remained open, and a lot of people felt like come July, August, Sweden's strategy was looking like it had worked. Did you even not think that at the time? I was really happy that that happened, but I did see it as an effect of, of that we all, not all, but very many people go other places to summer houses and whatever. The sun is up killing the virus and we're not as close to each other as we usually are. I mean, coronaviruses are known to hit us during the cold period. 17% of, of uh, upper respiratory infections in Sweden it varies between 3 and 30%, depending on the year. But 17% is due to coronaviruses, but there are almost silch coronavirus infections during the hot season or hot season, but the summer season. So that, that was not very strange, actually. And, then, and I again, again here was feeling that we should employ contact tracers. We should have, we could have prepared ourselves in a number of ways during the summer. Of course, we felt that this was good, but I was really upset when, when there was like everything was over and we had done the fantastic job. That was not okay with me. I tried to talk with my local uh, communicable disease unit about this, and we were discussing employing more people, etc. But that, that didn't really Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Happen. There were not very many people prepared when we came to the fall, and then we. I thought that this is going to 
start to spread rather rapidly. So we arranged here at the university testing of all students and staff when the semester started. And we were so surprised. We had, it's, it's a campus of 30,000 students. We tested them two weeks in a row and we got five cases. Five, when we had had all these people coming in. So the thing did not start there. We should have done that testing later on. What's so important to say then is the, the pandemic had really receded, the epidemic in Sweden by then. You know, you only found five cases. So whatever they were doing was working up until August. I mean, this talk of test, track and trace, which is a, such a common refrain, you know, Germany supposedly had the most wonderful test and trace system. And, and certainly in the UK media, it was always, why are we not more like Germany? And very quickly, as the seasons changed and as the curve went up, you know, it blasted through the test and trace system without any difficulty. Yeah. Psychologically, we were, we, were, we were off guard. I mean, in, in most countries were off guard here when it started to pick up again. But do you really think that a test, track and trace system anywhere would have prevented this second seasonal spike? No, no, that, was, that was not what I meant. I mean, that would have been good if we had tested all, lots of people all the time to, to put this on. That probably would have helped. But the thing is that we should have been prepared. So as soon as we saw that this thing was coming back, we had started much earlier with testing, tracing, putting people in quarantine. Because then we would not have this dramatic increase in our country, at least. But, but that's what I Germany mean, did, and they've still had a dramatic increase. They did not have a dramatic increase like the one we have now. Well, things are looking quite steep in, in Germany at the moment. They look steep in Germany at the moment, but they are on another level than we are. So they, I think, I mean, things will, might get bad and worse anywhere. I mean, we see that in some of the countries that have put in really tough measures. When they have gone up, they come down, but then they're going up again because people are tired. They don't have the tough measures going anymore and so on. And then, then the curve comes up again. So we, this, this, is, this is not going to be, there's, there, is, there are really no truths in this, but that you have to fight this culprit constantly with definitely tougher measures than we do in Sweden at the moment. I guess if you, if you look, zoom out, we looked at those slides earlier in the discussion. The evidence, surely, I mean, that, that ranking of 25 countries, you know, Belgium, Spain, Italy, France, the UK, all of those countries had very stringent lockdowns. They were, they, you know, more than ever attempted in history, they tried to contain the virus. There were cities in France where you have to wear face masks in the street. Um, you know, you had, to, you had police patrolling the streets in Spain. And Germany, obviously, with its excellent healthcare system, and yet still, in all of those countries, when the season changed, the virus came back. So I, I just wondered, do you think this is something that we could have improved 10%, 20%, 50%, or do you actually believe that one could have prevented a second spike? No way. No, no, no I'm not saying that. I, 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 I mean, a number of countries have shown that that's impossible. We have this in society, and the society is all throughout the world now. If we had started extremely early, you could, we could have succeeded like they've done in New Zealand, etc. But that's way too late now. But what we have to do, we have to save lives. 
We have to save health. We ha and we even in Sweden, we have to save our health system because that is almost full now. And with the spread of SARS-CoV-2 that you sh showed in one of the first charts there, just going straight up. And I could have showed you the, the chart of people getting into hospitals in Sweden now. That's also going almost straight up. That means if you combine those two things, that means that in a fortnight, we will have a tremendous amount of, of cases in our hospitals. It means that, uh, that we at least have to be prepared for that it might go out of hand. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, there is no way that we can get rid of the contagion at the moment, but we have to minimize damage. So, that's what we So if you are... If you're given Anders Tegnell's job tomorrow, what do you do differently? I I would install a some kind of very tough lockdown for four weeks. First two weeks of lockdown, so you get rid of the contagion from the streets and the shops and everywhere. And then another two weeks to make sure that the spread within the families comes down to as near zero as possible. Then. Then we can come back, and then we have, then we have a much lower spread of it. We will still have the, the, the virus in society, but we will have much less of it. That's really yes. If I get that job today, I will make sure that that I will persuade my government to do that. Where's your confidence coming from that the lockdown would be so much more effective than the more uh, the restrictions than the recommendations that rely more on? personal responsibility. I mean, we've had, we had one in Wales just now, which two weeks and it, yes, it, it, it had an effect, but it came very quickly back up. Uh, and lots of countries in Europe have sort of been in lockdowns all the time. So are you sure it would be such a kind of silver bullet? It is not a silver bullet, totally, because the, the spread of the virus is it's not possible to stop it. But it is possible to take it down. You showed that in one of your first charts. Look at the Belgian curve. Look at the Austrian curve, etc. Uh, a tough lockdown will change the, the scene. And then two weeks is probably too short, probably four weeks, then, then at least theoretically there there, uh, there should yeah, that should have a big impact, and I'm rather convinced after having seen this in place in so many European countries that they come down. That's if you had put uh, there are a number of other countries too that have done the same thing. So yes, I'm sure that that will have a much better effect than what we're seeing here now. Because if I go out on the streets and I've been recently to Stockholm. I see that people are not following the, the recommendations. I mean, of course, it's much more empty streets than usual, less people in the stores. But when we have Black Friday, everyone is crowding around the cheap items to buy, etc. Mm -hmm. There is not full understanding of what is happening. And I don't think that people are informed enough on what this really means. When it comes to deaths and when it comes to actually long-term effects of the disease. But if we go with the um, Professor L route and we in, put in a lockdown, it's very hard to see how you come out of that until the vaccine has been very widely distributed. Because as soon as you come out, the cases will start coming up again. Well, if, if we, if we, when we come down, when we come down to levels that are not so impossible as they are now, 
the, the local communicable disease officers and their crews will have a much easier job to, to contact trace um, and put people in quarantine. And this, if I'm under Tegnell again, uh, I would also have much more efficient uh, or more um, tougher rules for quarantine in the families and the contacts it's, I mean, and the schools. I guess I would believe it's, you, um, Professor, that if you put a very strict lockdown in place, the number of positive tests and cases would come down. I don't, I'm not convinced that the test track and trace system is going to be so great because no country, at least no European country, has shown that it can be especially effective. So I think what we're looking at in the UK and I think what you, we would get in Sweden if, in this scenario is on-off lockdowns until the vaccine, yes. realistically. Yeah, might be, might be like that. And, and that's probably what we're going to see in the other European countries now because they, they come down and they're down for a while, then it starts yeah. to go up and yeah. we don't want to come up there again. So then there are strict right. regulations. Right. And we just have to do that. We have to do as Fauci says. We have to fight this bastard now mm. for a while so, because the cavalry is coming, right? Are you not worried about the secondary impacts of that? So what you're signing up for is potentially four months maybe longer, of on-off, pretty much cancellation of society, cancellation of life. And something that we've talked to a lot of people about is that the medical effects, you're a public health practitioner, can be very serious if people you know, don't have access to, to proper other health care, psychological impacts, societal we, impacts, ultimately. We, that. we have a semi lockdown in Sweden that doesn't work so well, but it affects a lot of people already. But it would be much better if we did this in, in a more efficient way instead of having this lax thing that, that, I mean, look at our curve again. Where is it going? We cannot accept that. I mean, there is no sign that the number of cases is going down. It's no sign that the number of, of uh, hospitalized is going down. There is no sign that the number of deaths is decreasing. It's increasing. We can't, and the current measures are not enough. And if we go on like this week after week, waiting for the curve to come down, we will be in a disastrous situation. Actually, i give you one example. Last night, there was an article from uh, the main uh, uh, journal, uh, newspaper in Gothenburg, our second largest city, where my colleague, Professor Helen Norder, is, is leading the virology work, looking in the sewage water. Looking into the sewage water for SARS-CoV-2 has proven to be a very good indicator of what is ahead. It's increasing dramatically from one week to the other now. So they have a, they probably have a boom of cases waiting. And uh, I mean, it, I'm not saying that we should put tougher measures in place for, for my own happiness. This is really because I don't want to see another eight, 10,000 Swedes die in this disease. And that is what's on that sort of what, yeah, well, well, that's what we can expect, actually, if we don't do anything. And that's, I mean, what you're saying is true. I mean, there's no, there's no things here that will take this thing away, but the vaccines, but that 80% uh, of us gets vaccinated and that the population understands that that's important and it's not with any serious side effects to take this vaccine, which is the truth. Essentially, um, Professor, your side, as it were, has won 
the political argument. I mean, b b uh, Joe Biden has won in America and will be going down this route. Here in the UK, you know, we're pretty much going to be on off lockdowns, uh, whatever people call them, until a vaccine. And across all of Europe, suppression seems to have been the, the most Not popular. Not in my country. Not in my country. The direction of travel, I guess, in Sweden is, is there, isn't it? The prime minister seems to have taken over more. Anders Tegnell has been kind of slightly sidelined. You're talking about this new bill to give the government additional powers is now in but that's Parliament. in March. In March. We have to do these things now. No, actually, Freddie, I really think, I don't, I, I don't agree with you that the, the, this side has won in Sweden. Sweden is not going that route at the moment. And I would not say that the government has taken over. I feel that my government is extremely weak in this issue at the moment. I don't think they know what they should do, actually. I don't think they understand the seriosity of this, because I read an interview with our prime minister two days ago in the paper in Aftonbladet, and he doesn't understand the European situation. He doesn't know that you can, that you can with strict measures, take things down. I don't think he understands what a lockdown is, actually. I guess what I was driving at is if you are successful in winning the argument in Sweden, and in most other countries in Western Europe, it has gone that way, to sort of zoom out a little bit, are you worried about what precedent that sets for the future, that if we're now in a society where if we have a new pathogen or a new bug, which happen all the time, uh, the presumption should be to plan for the worst case scenario and start shutting down society. And if you don't do that, you're being irresponsible. What kind of world are we going to live in? Because there'll be COVID-21, 22, there'll be something else. Um, are, we, are we looking at a whole new future of kind of on-off government central controls? I would like to see that my society is much more prepared. I would see that my society has is, is listening more to what ex other experts and other countries are doing, so that we're not so um, on our own when things happen. Of course, it's a big scare that we will get uh, a more uh, uh, dictatorship-like situation. But do you understand that fear? I, I I really understand that fear, but but I I have a hard time seeing that Swedes would accept that I mean uh, this lack of democracy in the future. But I do I do see it. But it, to me, it it's a risk. But on the other hand, we have a risk now of killing off tens of thousands of Swedes or at least um, an 8,000 more, or whatever this will, wherever this will end. And that will also be disastrous. I mean, we have had a disastrous year here. And um, just to continue, uh, to finish, we have to put laws in place that makes it possible to act when we need to act. And I'm not at the least afraid that that would lead to dictatorship. I mean, if there was a war on, if the Ruskies or the Americans or someone else want to roll in here with their tanks, well, then we have, we should have uh, rules and regulations so that we can we can put the country on foot to fight that enemy. At at this point, we have had very little of that. We have actually not even used the rules and regulations that we have in place with the Communicable Disease Act, and that's very worrisome. Let me just paint a scenario for you. We. Sweden moves to more restrictions or it doesn't, we eventually get to a point where a large number of people are vaccinated and the summer comes and the worst of this epidemic is over. 
Next fall, next autumn, someone somewhere notices a new virus uh, that is a new coronavirus that appears to have unknown fatality rate, but it's a bit uncertain. Is your view that now we should all be ultra cautious on that and then return to a kind of closing borders, using these new laws to restrict people's freedoms um, and, and be a kind of ultra militant against any new threat like that? Our authorities told us that it, it was nothing to worry about. Now, you are talking about um, 180 degrees from that, that we should, as, as soon as there is a virus <laughs> popping up in China or elsewhere, that we shut down, should shut down society. Of course not. But we should be much more prepared. The international society much, must be much, much, much more prepared. Then I will just come to the biggest problem in Sweden, and that is that it was not accepted by Folkhälsomyndigheten that this bug was spreading from people that didn't have any symptoms. And that's why it got so lethal to have a societal spread of the magnitude that we had and have now, because there is, it's very tough to, to not having these viruses creeping into the elderly care. And that's what's happening now too when the thing is spreading. And that's why it's so important that, that Swedish solidarity have masks on because it's known in the scientific literature that 90% of the droplets that come out of your mouth when you have a mask on stays there. But Professor, nobody has managed to protect the elderly care homes, not anywhere in Europe and nor in America. No, but it's the numbers. So it's not it's Sweden the... though. I mean. Why, no, no, why, no, no, no. why but, but places where there are masks and they've been ultimately much more activist and agile and draconian and everything, it's still got you, into the elderly care homes. But Freddie, would you say that there's no use of, of using protective equipment in the care of the elderly? Would you would you dare to No, no, no. Would you dare to say that? No, no, I I, I mean presume, presumably people do wear masks in elderly care homes. Yeah, but if if you again compare then the Nordic countries where there was much less spread in, for example, Norway and Finland, they have had much less deaths in the elderly care. And that, that's because there, has, there wasn't so much virus out there, so there was not so much personnel that could carry it into the, the elderly homes. That's sort of the simple truth of this. And then you can, and then you can, put, then you can put on masks to, to lower that. Of course, it's not a 100% thing. But it's the it's the societal spread that we let this bug spread in society. That's that's the thing, and that we didn't accept that it's as symptomatic spread. So I mean, I think we've got a very clear impression that you're you're upset about this, and you have a strong sense of what you would like Sweden to be doing differently. Um, I hope you feel you've you've got that across. Um, and w however people feel about it, um, you know, no doubt that you are sincere about that, and. Uh, Whichever way Sweden goes, we obviously hope that the numbers uh, stay as low as possible in terms of death there. So thank you very much for your time. Well, Freddie, thank you very much for having me here. I think it was a very important opportunity for me to be able to express my views on this. And I really, just like you, hope that the right measures will be taken so we get this uh, amount of virus down to, to handleable levels as soon as possible.
That was Professor Fredrik Elge from the University of Umeå, which is in the north of Sweden, taking a very, very different view to previous experts we've had on this show, um, Giesecke and Tegnell. Um, to those of our fans who are big supporters of Giesecke and Tegnell, worry not, they will be back next year to uh, explain themselves and, and account for their approaches. Um, but here we are interested in one thing, which is the truth and the best outcome. And as always, we want to have the full breadth of opinion. So thanks to Professor Ailey. Don't forget, you can watch all of our podcast interviews on our YouTube channel. Find us under Unheard and make sure to subscribe for all the latest. Thanks for joining. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.